Welcome back, tribe. Hope you had a great week. Hey, listen, we've got part two of our conversation with Christian Taylor, gold medalist in the triple jump back in 2016. Let's get ready to tune in and listen to Christian Taylor. This was my moment of now everything coming together. Physically, the training was essentially the same. You know, my coach said that what I would have done at World Champs would get me on that podium at the Olympic Games. So we didn't need to change many things physically. We were physically there. My battle was truly mental. Getting through the Olympic trials and and getting that weight lifted off my shoulder, that was the moment once I heard, I, I won the Olympic trials and, you know, I heard the announcers say, these are the three representatives going to Olympics. You know, that was huge. That was, okay, I'm now an Olympian. You know, I, I, I've mm. made it to this point and, and my coach and I, you know, I don't know how my coach still has hair at that point, but really, um, <laughs> you know, I said, okay, half of the battle is done. And for me, that was such a big relief when my coach said, no, this is the time we need to really step on the gas. Now, this is the time we need to, to prepare harder than we've ever prepared because you've shown your cards. We have a month between the trials and the games. We need to wow the world. We need to, to show everyone that as soon as you compete, that everyone else is fighting for second. And now I had a little chip on my shoulders because I was now ranked number one in the world. I was now the U.S. champ. And really, the American team is is the hardest team to make. You know, and so I think not just making the team, but winning the trials gave me a little confidence. And, and I keep talking about that snowball effect because sometimes it can just be one little thing that that can change everything. You know? Yeah, so, um, talk, so, so again, I want to zero in on that. Yeah. That snowball effect of confidence and yes. taking, you know, you take a victory, you say, okay, this is going to build me up for the next one. Then you take the second one. You know, talk about that concept there. I like yeah. that. Well, really, if there are golfers that are listening, confidence can play a big role in life. But especially in reference to golf, you know, you, you can hit a ball and it can go good or bad. And having the confidence in yourself that knowing that, this is going to be a good shot. And if it's not a good shot, I'll make the next one a good shot. But sometimes you just find this groove and things are just going well, you know, and that snowball effect continues to to roll. And some things just come into play that you can't even explain, you know? Mm. And so, as I said, I won the Olympic trials and I I, I was in disbelief. You know, this was, I I was now an Olympian. I was now the place I wanted to be. and, And I felt like the ball was in my court. And so now I started training yeah, really knowing I was the best in the world. I started no longer thinking, was I able to do this? But now what was I going to do now that I have my moment? Um, <laughs> you know, and so your whole mindset completely changes and, and you start seeing yourself there. And, and, and you know, sometimes I, I can speak to my mom about something and I can say, well, I don't, I don't see how someone can't visualize themselves being a CEO. I, I don't see how someone can't see themselves being at the top of it. And she said, well, Christian, you have to, you have to realize that You've had some success. You've had success at an early age. And, and success, yeah, it, it breeds confidence. And because you've reached success, because you've reached your goals, you're at a point where you believe that if you put your mind to something, you can make it happen. Not everyone has experienced that. So for someone to tell me I cannot do something, I take that as a challenge. I enjoy that. I thrive off that, you know, when it comes to lifting, when it comes to no matter what I say, well, who are you to tell me that I can't do something? And this is the beginning of that snowball effect because I've had... Mm-hmm. Because I've had success early on, I've beaten barriers that I personally put in front of me or that others put in front of me. And something's happened and I say, well, how did that even happen? How did I end up here? Um, <laughs> you know, and so sometimes I'm not saying that it always works as planned. There's sometimes I don't even know how, you know, <laughs> some, some things happen. But because of that, you no longer put these barriers in front of you. You know, as I say, there's nothing someone could tell me in my training I cannot do. 
I say, maybe I can't do it right now, but if it's that important, I will make it happen. And that continued to flow, continued to flow. And, and it really going into the Olympic Games, you know, I got into the village. I had all the cool gear and, you know, I was <laughs> I was on cloud nine now. But if you would have rewinded and, and talked to me eight months prior to that, I've said, yeah, if I, if I would have made it there, it would have been a dream come true. It would have been an absolute mm-hmm. blessing. And I looked at myself in August and I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, there's no reason you should not be bringing home the gold. You know, and, and for me, even when I told myself that I couldn't believe how one one small thing, well, the Olympic trials aren't small, but for me, in, in the big perspective, how one small action, how one small response could turn, really turn me into a, a completely different person. And I don't mean this in a cocky way. I mean this in a confidence way that no longer did I believe it would be great to be there. But I said, no, I should be coming home with some hardware, you know? And, so that's, and, a shift. that's a shift in mindset, right? That's a shift in, yes. wow, it's just so great. And not to say, and I know, I know the way you mean this, you're not you still have this humility of, of being consumed by the moment. But instead of saying, wow, I'm just happy that I got into the into the complex and I'm here into the arena and now it's time for me to dump versus it's time for me to go get this goal. Like exactly. this is this is me at this moment. This is the opportunity that I have. If I don't go back with the goal, then that's on me. Like that's such a, it's such a huge shift in mindset. And I keep hearing you say this word mindset, mindset, mindset. It's critical. Really, I believe success is 90% the mindset, 10% everything else. When I step on the field, I mean, now I'm not old, but I've gained some experience that I can, I can go to a competition and really look at my competitors. Immediately, I can see the ones that are acting like they're in a good place. I, I can see the ones that are actually scared to compete. I can, and it's, it's that mindset, you know, it's, mm. it's that, that dog mentality. And it's really not, they say it's not the bark of the dog. But you can look at someone, you can speak to someone and, and say, you know what, they have a true passion for this or a true desire for this. And I always say, me, every, yeah, yeah. I hate to interrupt you, but you, but you, you got me going here now. You got yeah. me going. At your level, now I, I watched NFL players and I would always tell people and they wouldn't believe this. I said, you know, every team that I went to, whether it was Browns, Chiefs, Lions, no matter what team it was, there were some guys that you would look at and you would say, this guy doesn't really want to be here. Like, you know, they don't say it. They're never going to say it. They're never going to write it. But you can get the sense that this guy is not really into it to the same degree as a guy like a Calvin Johnson. Every day, all the way invested, never was a question. So even at the Olympic level, you're telling me you could, you see that same, wow. Absolutely. There there are people, I could be in the Olympic final and really see there are people that, of course, there are people that are surprised to be there in, in a good way. You know, like, I can't believe I'm in. But there are people that are like, well, this is essentially another competition, you mm. know. And, and for me, that blows my mind. I mean, it excites me because I think, well, that's one less person to worry about. But really, you can just look at people and, and just see by their actions. You know, actions speak louder than words to me. And you can just see their movement, the way they go about things that you don't really care how the result is. And, wow. and you know, I, I always say when, when someone comes to the track, I want them to be, there's not a doubt in their mind that they can see just by the way I carry myself, just by the way I'm training, just by, they can say, there's something different. We don't know who that guy is. We don't know <laughs> what level he is, he's on, but I want them to ask about me. And hmm. no matter what, who is that guy? You know, that is, that is my goal. And it's not because I'm, I'm pushing people out my way. It's not, I just want them to see in my actions, 
in the way I go about my drills, in the way I go about my warm up, in the way I work out, that they say he's doing something. Whether he was the first one at the track, whether you know, I, there's so many things that yeah, he 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 was the first one at the track and last one to leave. I I believe in that stuff, but really just the quality of stuff that I'm doing, the way I'm carrying myself, the way I speak to people. I want them to see. Well, actually, he believes in what he's doing. He loves what he's doing and he wants to do what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. There's a book, Talent is Overrated. And yes. George Colvin, he talks about this concept of deliberate practice. And hearing you talk about, you know, the way you walk into the arena, the, the way you go through your drills, the way you exit, you are being meticulous about every single step, right? I mean, everything Absolutely. that you do is done with purpose. Where does that come from? I mean, you've had some great coaches, you've got some great parents, yeah. but Christian, I'm saying like, how do you harness all of that to build a regiment and a, and a system that is so airtight? Believe it or not, I gained this mentality from seeing others that aren't as fortunate, if this makes sense. So hmm. there's always going to be those, and really talent is overrated. There's going to be those that work 10 times harder than you, but will not reach the level because they don't have that talent. There's also going to be the talented ones that can do stuff without working as hard, but won't reach a certain level. And I want to believe that I'm both, that I've been talented, but I work as hard as the person that is not talented. Does that make sense? It's a lethal combination. Yeah. If you got, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you, you see people with injuries and you say, man, this guy had a heart of a lion, but sometimes life is tough and you see really bad things happen to good people. You know, I've seen people that, really scared me. I, I, you know, I said, well, this guy is really going to put my medal in jeopardy because he's, everything is aligned. And at one moment, an injury comes, you know, that's, this is part of the sport. And this is something obviously you cannot calculate is these things just happen. And, you know, and I say, well, if this is my moment, I can't let this moment go to waste. And also what would that person do to be in my seat? You know, because if he, <laughs> he knows that if he was in that Olympic final, he would win. So why would I let that opportunity slip? You see what I'm saying? So it's, yeah. it's when, I, when I say less fortunate, when I, see, when I say the, the people that haven't been so low, I don't mean it in a negative way. I mean it that there's been so many opportunities in my life, in my athletic career, and I can even say in my, in my personal career, you know, that, that have happened, my path should have gone a different way. But because I've been so fortunate, because I've been so fortunate with injuries, because I've been so fortunate to meet the right people, to shake the right hands, that truly sometimes God has just put things in my life that it would be a slap in the face. It would be foolish not to seize those moments. And so because of that, that is why I have the mentality that I have. Wow. Wow. So you win the goal. You got me going, man. You're not going to talk for about three or four days yeah. straight. You win the goal. Talk about the first time you're up on that on that platform and with the hardware around your neck. Yep. Yeah. I'm always curious, you know, like, what does it feel on the inside? Yeah, so I had the mentality of a lion. So I was fierce. I was going into it, won the Olympic Games. But believe it or not, I was in such shock that I completely lost my – so we have, like, a competition uniform and a medal uniform. I completely lost my medal uniform. I was going crazy. <laughs> I was hugging my coach. I was hugging my parents. And in that time, you're not supposed to, because of contracts and things, you're not supposed to go onto the medal stand if you don't have the right clothing. And so I started freaking out because I was I, – I can't believe this. A dream come true. I'm an Olympic champ. What am I supposed to wear up there? I can't go up there in a speed suit, you know? And so now I'm I'm calling, I'm calling, I'm calling. And they're saying, look, we got 30 minutes. You got to find some clothes. And so I'm I'm sitting here freaking out, thinking, 
now I've, I've reached my goal. I've reached this moment and I don't even have the clothes to go on the podium. Um, <laughs> luckily they, they've, they've prepared for things like this. So I, you know, I get to the, the podium and they say, well, okay, you're from us. Uh, we're going to talk to somebody from the Federation to get you some clothes. The clothes didn't fit me. You know, everything was way too big, but obviously they said it's better that we have bigger clothes and clothes that are too small that I'm looking like I'm wearing my little brother's clothes. Um, <laughs> So I end up getting on the podium and, and things are a little big, but regardless, it didn't matter. I get up there, they put the medal around my neck and, and really it felt like a ton. The, the medal felt like dreams, failures, everything was, was around my neck and it was heavy. And as soon as I stood up, it was, it was light as a feather. You know, it was like, wow. you're, you're done. You've accomplished your goal. Be happy, smile. And I was just in disbelief and they told me to turn and, and stand for the national anthem and 60,000 people standing up and, and hearing the national, you know, now it's, well, now it was no longer about me. You know, it was, I had the opportunity to represent my country. I had the opportunity to represent my university. I had the opportunity to represent my hometown, you know, and, and it really was that moment of you're now representing something bigger than yourself. And it was incredible. You know, it was absolutely incredible. I could say my first one, I, I didn't cry because I was actually in complete shock. You know, I was, I was so glad that I had clothes. You know, I had the, the realization that I was now representing something bigger than myself and, and, you know, how this was a dream come true. My second one, I was a baby. I cried because it was now no longer a shock. It was, I believed I was there, but to do it again, it was now, I can admit, I was a baby. I couldn't stop crying, you know, and they were saying, look, smile, smile, smile. And I was just wiping tears, 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 because <laughs> I said, this is, this is unreal. And, you know, you talk about that 2016 experience to where you've got the right clothes. You're not scrambling around the village trying yep. to find, you know, the right things to put on. But you, you're able to really, really recognize and enjoy the moment. And what sorts of visuals in your mind? I mean, is it the early mornings, is, you know, all the practice jumps? I mean, what kinds of things go through your mind when you're standing up there? It's truly, and, and this is actually what I reflect on every time I train, every day I train. So when I'm hurting and training, you know, I always say, well, this is, bottle this feeling. So when you're on top of the podium, you can say, this is what it was for. Yeah, in 2016, it was just pure reflection. Really, every single person that has helped me, you know, I, I could say, yeah, the time that someone was working or cleaning the track and they let me into the stadium because I, I forgot my key at home. You know, that person that... <laughs> allowed me to train that one day could have made this difference. I looked at my parents and said, yeah, them deciding to put me in AAU and make track a, a year round thing instead of just the, the high school season. Well, that is what got me here. You know, I look at my sister and say, yeah, well, I've annoyed her and, and, and been a brother, essentially a big brother to her, you know, but, but seeing her there and, and seeing the support she's given me through every stage, you know, she missing her homecoming. She's missing her prom because she wants to travel with me to a competition you truly reflect on on the pain, the sacrifices that others have made for you. But don't get me wrong. There's also many happy moments that I say, you know, all the times where I, I remember myself, I was I was doing abs and I was doing a core workout and I had a cramp in my abs and and my whole body cramped up, you know, and, and, and my whole training group is laughing. So don't, don't get me wrong. It's not always about the hurtful things. Sometimes it's about those fun moments. That I said, you know, because of that, you know, it, it showed me that I, I truly love what I do. I, I love the people that are around me. Yeah, I can go on about surrounding yourself with, with the right people, you know, people of mm. like mind, how important that is. So there's so many alleys I can go down, but yeah. it was truly a, a point of reflection. 
But I keep hearing the gratitude. You know, that's one thing that comes out from from hearing you talk about, you know, the guy who let you in, you know, when you forgot your keys or, you know, your sister putting you in front of things like the prom or dances and other things. Like there's a lot of gratitude when you start thinking about even though you're involved in a solo activity. Yes. You start thinking about how all of these people like the sum total of their sacrifice enables you to get to that that moment. Absolutely. Like you said, I am on the runway by myself. I physically have to make that jump by myself. But if these people don't lay down that foundation, if these people don't assist me, help me, guide me, it's impossible for me to be to this point. I would not be the person who I am if it was not for these people and the influence they had in my life. You know, wow. and so sometimes I I mean I, I can tell you of the little stories that I get via social media that, yeah, you're, you're such an inspiration because we see that not only do you train hard, but that actually you hurt. You know, you know, Superman, you're actually a very regular person, you know, and I say, yeah, I'm not I'm not scared to show my flaws by all means. If you can lift harder than me, if you can run faster than me, well, no problem. I encourage that, you know, because I, I want you to say, well, I'm doing this. If you don't dream to surpass me, why are you doing this? I, I want you to have that same hunger as me. I, and, and if anything, hopefully we're at the point where I want them to be Christian. Guess what? There was one time I was watching you and now my plan is to beat you. I love that hunger. I love that fire because that is a desire that drives me. I have so much gratitude. I have so much appreciation for every little action, you know, whether it was a church, someone in the church saying, look, Christian, I just want you to know we haven't physically done anything for you, but we're praying for you. You know, for, hmm. for me, just having that support can go so long. Man, man. Let me ask you this, Kristen. Is there something you do on a daily basis that you think really contributes in a meaningful way to your success? That is a deep one. <laughs> I, I know that sounds very simple, um, <laughs> you know, because I don't want to just say train because it's, it's I think on the big scale, I, I would say it's paying attention to detail. And, and what mm. I mean is, um, you know, every day, my coach gives me training. And so for two months, I, I spend my time, whether it's traveling or, or training in, in Gainesville, and I train by myself. So completely, and, and this is a, an opportunity for me to get fit and, and learn about my body and, and things like this, um, even challenge myself on certain days. But when I mean paying attention to detail, um, really, there's time every day that I put aside to see how I feel on that day. I journal a lot and also see how I can tailor to put myself in the best position for tomorrow. Hmm. And if I don't get the result that I need the next day, then I make notes of how something I did the day before affected this day. Does that make sense? And so it's not so much a diary of how I'm feeling. and blah. It, it, It's truly just paying attention to, well, maybe eating two plates of spaghetti did not put me in the physical position I want to be. Maybe, you know, staying late and watching that movie did not allow me to get the rest I needed if I get in a fight with my girlfriend, well, maybe that didn't put me in, in the right mindset to go into practice, to be in that happy place the next day. You see what I'm saying? So it's not mm-hmm. always, really always physical, but it's it's just being mindful. And I think keeping track of these things is very important because you learn from it. You know, if, if wow. you wow. can't, you can't, well, I mean, maybe there's some people that have an amazing memory, but I will admit I do not. And having these notes, having these things to reflect, because when something happens again, I can say, okay, well, there's a reason why I, I've come back to this point. Let me look back in, in my notes and see, well, you know what? I'm, I'm feeling this tired because I ate this. Oh, well, obviously I need to eliminate this. There's so many little things you, you can 
change and, and find that have helped me so much. And really, I, there was to the point of I was a social media addict. You know, I was constantly wanting to be every place and every. And I found myself what I, I was missing so many things that I was doing now that <laughs> because I wanted to see what everyone else was doing. And I, this doesn't make sense. You know, I, I couldn't yeah. tell you what I was doing all day, but I could tell you what 20 other people were doing. <laughs> but I can't, you know, because someone says, Christian, what did you do today? I would say, you know what? I don't even remember because I was I was paying so much. You know, and so I know that may seem, seem so small, but nowadays social media is everything. But I had to decide, you know what, what's really important? It's, it's making my memories. You know, if I want to share that, I can share it. And if others want to share it and I can take the time to look at it, fine. But I cannot be consumed by that because I miss so much. And so... Really, it's little things like that that I am grateful for. This past year was the first time I went on a social media fast. Yes. <laughs> okay. And I set out, I did two weeks of it. Yep. Christian, at the end of the two weeks, I couldn't get back on. I actually ended up extending it for another three weeks. Wow. Just because I realized like you, and now I, I tell people, you've got to start scripting and not scrolling. Yes. Because you just watch people walking around. They're looking down at their phones. They're, they're yeah. using that thumb. They're just scroll, 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 scroll. And not doing what you're doing, which is measuring out your day, but then also taking an inventory at the end of the day and saying, hmm, why didn't I feel this way? Why didn't I respond this way? Okay, let me write that down. Because six months, six years, that information is going to be extremely valuable to me in order for me to make sure that I can put myself in a prime position to succeed. Yes, yes. absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Wow, man. Parting shots, man. Give us some parting shots. You, uh, let, let me tell you something. This is going to get, <laughs> I'm going to end up splitting this and probably in a two episodes because you've got so many nuggets of wisdom <laughs> out there from social media to gratitude and work ethic what are some parting shots that you, you have for the tribe? For folks who are trying to, and, and this is really aimed at, these are people who are trying to get from point A to point B. You know, there's something holding them back. It may be family. It may be themselves. It may be, you know, means, whatever it is. Right. What is something that you can help to get them, to, to push them closer to where they want to be? Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, this is something I, I tell everyone, write, write your goals down. Write your dreams down, you know, and I'm, I'm such a visual person. And, you know, there, there are people that say, yeah, you put it on the back of your locker. So every time you open your locker, you see that if you don't know what you want to do, if you don't know what you're going after, you're just running around. aimless. you you have no goal in mind. But I always put my goals really in, in my track bag right in the beginning of my warm up. And so every time before I started training, I look at my warm up, my warm up book and I see, yeah, this is world record. And after world record, it's shake the right hands. And then after that, it's, you know, you know, it, it's, I have my athletic goals, but I also have life goals, you know, and, mm -hmm. and it, yeah, it, it reminds me that Christian, the person, you know, you have to be well-rounded, but I think having that, whether it's on your mirror, having that, the last thing you look at before you go to work, no matter what it is, being able to look at that goal, I think is, is so important because it's a constant reminder of what you're actually doing it for. Secondly, as I said, I won't go too deep into it, but surrounding yourself with the right people. I mean, I, I know that sounds so cliche. You know, you hear this from elementary school on up, but no matter what age, I think surrounding yourself with people that don't bring you down. You know, I'm not Ooh. saying negative influence. I'm saying people that, that don't have that same drive. Don't allow someone else to take your passion away, to take your energy away. 
if you believe in something, if you want something, then go for it. And if you have anyone around you telling you you can't, you don't have to cut them off. But now you know, well, I'm going to tailor my dream away from them. You know, I'm, I'm going to continue going down my road. And if they want to join, because most likely once you reach there, they will be the first one to say, I knew it. I believed in you. <laughs> I knew you had it in you, whatever. But if there's a job I want, you know, you, you can't have someone say, well, maybe you should start here. No, I'm, I'm sure there is a process, but why can't I dream to be the CEO? And maybe I meet the right person. Maybe I go into my interview and they just say, you know what? Life is so uncertain. Life mm-hmm. is incredible. And sometimes I believe if you go in there with the right mind, the right attitude, and really, sometimes there's just there's things that happen in life that no one can explain. Surround yourself with these people that are uplifting, that will that will continue to push you and, and really be the wind beneath your sails. When you have that, that will catapult you forward. And lastly, just the, the aspect of, of sacrifice that I have to stress. And as I said, from students to, to whoever, that nothing will come easy. That everyone in every line has had to sacrifice something, whether that's time with family, whether that's fun, whether that's that short term thing that, you know, you're holding out for a long term. There are contracts I've come along that I said this would be a great sponsorship, but I'm going to hold out because I believe there's something bigger in the long run. And when it comes into play, I say, you know what, this is exactly what I was praying for. This is exactly what I was hoping for. And so just being open that the first thing that comes along is not always the right thing that's. You know, what is comfortable, we all have to move. We all have to, to be flexible and adjust. And, and the world is so big. So so don't just limit yourself of, of staying in your hometown. Don't limit yourself to, to staying, you know, around the, the people that you've grown up with. No, you know, because at the end of the day, now with social media, the world is actually so much smaller. I could be in Amsterdam and feel that that I'm actually still in Atlanta with my parents, you know, because of social media, because of Skype and, and all all the different things that really bring the world together. So because you may not be physically there, don't let that limit you from reaching these dreams. Don't let that scare you. But trust me, it will be scary. But know that, yeah, if you stay focused and you continue to to remember what you're doing it for, then, you know, it, it will be truly worth it. Christian, man. Woo-hoo. I tell you what, you dropped a lot of gems, man. Thank yeah. you so much for coming to the tribe. What you've said there hasn't been any fluff. It's been all impactful. And the thing about it, they're actionable items for people today who want to get ready. For example, hey, go write down your goals. Yeah. Hey, go journal every day. Figure out why you're succeeding, why you're failing, what your fears are. Like, put that down on paper. Stop tweeting about it and posting it on Instagram. Put it somewhere in a special place where you can see it every single day. And that's the way you can start to get better. Absolutely. We appreciate you coming into the tribe, man. We wish you nothing but success. Can't wait to see you in 2020. I know you'll have a lot of competitions before then, but rooting for you already, man. You've, you've done so incredibly well. And we're very appreciative for your time, your advice, and just your humility. I mean, it's, it's for someone who's accomplished so much, just incredible to hear how humble you are and constantly striving to be the best. Thanks, Dan. I, I do appreciate this. I appreciate this opportunity. You know, I would say if I can, if I could touch one person, you know, that, that means it was all worth it. So really, I, I hope this does sink in with someone. I hope someone is, is inspired and I really do appreciate this. So thank you, Tribe listeners. All right, Tribe. Thank you so much. And I mean that. Thank you for listening to today's show. For show notes and to get goodies to all of the links from the show, visit a tribe called yes.com. That's a tribe called yes.com. And I have one ask for you. If you like the show, give us a rating on iTunes or Stitcher. 
it would really help us to spread the gospel of the tribe. And finally, special thanks to Samantha Skinner and Jacob Weiss, our co-producers and partners in crime, for serving up incredible episodes every single week from the University of Texas. Now go out there this week, slay some dragons, and keep saying yes. Yes.